0: sees my location, and so they only advertise for me the things that will ship here, and it's not picking up my location, and so I can't filter through all of this. Nothing ships here.
1: You may have turned your location off or something.
0: Well, I went into the settings to privacy. It says location services on. But then when I go into that location services, I don't see eBay as like.
1: Did you get it figured out?
0: No, because I'm in my location services and it says it's on, but like of the things over here, eBay's not even on here. So is there something I'm missing?
1: Did you? Possibly.
0: You just got an important message.
1: I did. I checked that. We're not going to get this thing started. Do you think that can wait till after the podcast?
0: To respond to her or to go over there?
1: No, to do your eBay thing.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: Okay. Ready?
0: Yep. Hello and welcome to Explicitly Us. Whether you're young, old, single or married, this podcast is for you. Light-hearted, family-friendly and full of laughs, it is guaranteed to put a smile on your face. So get on the treadmill or get another slice of cake, but just get ready because here they are. Live at the time of this recording, all the way from Table 19, your pizzas ready studio, here are your hosts, Andy and Trista.
1: Here it is. You asked for it by popular demand. Another recipe from the kitchen of Andy Sharpetta.
0: Who asked?
1: People. People asked.
0: I want to know names. Now
1: people ask. <laughs> I'm an important figure in the sh- cooking community. Uh, so the other day we were making, I don't know what how it happened, but... Dinner comes every day. I don't know if y'all know that or not.
0: Unfortunately. And sometimes
1: it comes and we're not prepared. Always. Does it happen that way for you out there? It happens for us. Well, we didn't have a lot in the cupboards. and
0: That's not true. Why would you say that? Well,
1: when I say a lot in the cupboards, I mean like like ready to make something. We There's, just
0: didn't have a meal planned. A
1: meal planned. Yeah. We had
0: food to eat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, for some reason, okay. So we have banana trees in our yard. This is how the story started. We had banana trees in our yard, and then there was these really big green bananas that weren't turning. They're were huge, biggest the banana tree ever. ever and the tree fell over, and which happens. And so I'm so like, I
0: said, "Hey, babe, will you come chop these bananas off this tree so they don't ruin?"
1: And I went out there and I said, "These here aren't bananas. These are plantains." <laughs> And so they're not bananas, they're plantains. So we brought them in the house and they were nice and big and ready and cut them up and made uh, fried plantains, which is called tostones. And then we made plantain chips, which are amazing. You cut them as thin as you can and fry them in oil, deep fry in oil and salt and garlic is the best way to eat them. Load them up. Garlic salt. Or like we did, garlic salt. Load them up. Um, Anyway, so we had this oil. And I said on this particular day, don't uh, empty the oil. Don't put it back yet. Leave it on the stove. Put a lid on it. Because tomorrow I want to try making fried mozzarella sticks. Homemade fried mozzarella sticks. And the reason is because we buy string mozzarella cheese for the kids for myself and also we make uh really amazing pizza rolls out of them which is another tip for you and we also happen to have some mozzarella in i i call it medallion form yeah it comes in a in like a log that and they're pre-cut to about three-eighths of an inch
0: this is a costco purchase it's a
1: costco purchase it's about three but you can get them anywhere
0: can you though yeah you don't know about that. Yeah,
1: you can just look in the cheese section, <laughs> and they're pre-cut to about three quarters of an inch, and they're they're about a two inch um, diameter of. Uh, now, is diameter go all the way around, or is that just across? across That's what I thought. That's why middle. I said I was making sure I wasn't giving somebody a really that would small be circumference. circumference. There, which is the name of one of. Well, how's that joke? <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of King Arthur's? Knight who really liked math or something. I forget what it was there. <laughs> Circumference. <laughs> A stupid joke. Um, so, where was I? Oh, you get these things about two inch, two inches in diameter, and I happen to have some because we like to make pizza, homemade pizza with them, which is amazing too. But we thought, oh, I'm gonna to try to fry these as well. So here's what you do. Here's the recipe, if you're listening out there, it's very, 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 very simple. I will say it's tedious, and I'll give tedious you a-
0: Tedious is right.
1: It's tedious, I'll and give you some- it's best if you
0: have two people.
1: Yep, and that's the hint I was going to okay, give you. Okay, sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll be quiet
1: now. No, 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 uh, you can tell us why here in a second. But here's here's what you need. Three ingredients, is, well, besides the cheese. Three ingredients. You need flour all-purpose flour, you need eggs, and you need um, breadcrumbs. breadcrumbs. Thank you. Um, whatever whatever seasoning you like for your breadcrumbs, the easiest and I would say borderline best way is just to get some ready seasoned Italian breadcrumbs. It doesn't have to be anything fancy, all right. but just get some. Um, if you like your breadsticks a little garlicky, you could throw some garlic powder in that and mix it up in there if you wanted to as well. But you're gonna be just fine with those three ingredients. Now, the trick to making fried cheese sticks here is you want to double batter, double batter. You're gonna double, double batter. All right, so the process is flour, egg, egg, egg wash, you know, in the egg, Breadcrumbs, back into flour, back into egg wash, back into breadcrumbs. So you're going to do the process twice. Then you're going to fry that. Now what that does is going to make sure that you have a good layering on your coats and per- to prevent the cheese that is going to melt from from seeping out. It's now a barrier. It is a good barrier though, and it makes it makes it good and crunchy. Now we did some experimenting and found out that you can do one layer. On the cheese sticks. We did not do this experiment on the cheese medallions. And of course both of them were mozzarella. Um, But on the cheese sticks they're more of a a solid form. And they actually aren't going to melt melt. Well they might. Ours were kind of old. If you get them fresher they might melt melt. But they'll get very 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 soft and creamy. And so you can do one layer. Just the flour, egg wash and then the breadcrumbs with those cheese sticks but if you like the breading then I definitely recommend doing two layers because it gives a really good
0: increases the flavor mm-hmm. and the crunchy yes. outer
1: more flavor stuff. of the italian breadcrumbs um and then more of a crunch more of a crunch the kids loved them we ended up frying those you tell your part in a minute Trista but we end up frying those and doing more plantain chips because we have a bunch to go and hold on a second I gotta check my text see if this is important oh one second so what is your tip for using multiple people and why
0: because you're you're dipping in dry you're dipping in wet I mean I I guess you could do it all and set them all aside and then fry, but we were doing like some and frying, some and frying, like at the same time.
1: Mm-hmm. Frying them as they go. So
0: you need somebody who's doing all of the dipping,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then you need someone who's in charge of putting them in the fryer, watching them in the fryer, taking them out of the fryer. You, it would be, I think it would be really <laughs> impossible. To do all of that at the same time with just one person.
1: I will say this. We made a lot. We made a lot of fried cheese. True. So if you were making just a portion for two people. Yes. It would be a lot easier.
0: Well, you would. Yes. You would do all of your dipping and then you would do all your frying.
1: Yeah. Do it all but at once. But if you're doing
0: them both at the same time, that would be really difficult for one yeah. person. Uh,
1: if you don't have a fry basket. Also, you might want to pick one of those up. Those are amazing. They'll help a lot. Um, so. Also. An additional tip, you're going to want two bowls of flour, two separate bowls of the seasoning, the breadcrumbs, and if you can, two separate bowls of egg wash. We used one bowl of egg wash, but if you can, do two separate bowls of egg wash because what you're going to do is you're going to go basically around, like through the line, and if you don't make two separate bowls of these things – then you're going to be continually mixing ingredients into these bowls and your, yes. your your crumbs and your flour become clumpy from all the wetness that gets moved back and forth. So you want to keep that down as much as possible. still going to happen, but you want to keep it down as much as possible. So you might think of setting up an assembly line with the end of the line being the fryer and just take them through mm-hmm. and drop them. Uh, also, if you're not making very much, you, we would also recommend... Maybe getting a couple of sheet pans out and putting them all in flour, laying them on the sheet pan, then putting them all in egg wash. And when you, as soon as you put them in egg wash, and you get them soaked, you want to throw them into the breadcrumbs. Just throw them into the bowl, wet, just and just leave it there and get another one. Throw, get seven, eight, nine, ten of them in there, and then you can you know mix those breadcrumbs all around on them, uh, and then probably put those on the sheet and then go into the flour. Eh, use your imagination. We're just trying to make it easy on you, but either way, oh, sauce. We used. We we make our own uh, pizza sauce and spaghetti sauce, um, which is another thing that you could do. We really enjoy, but get your favorite um, marinara sauce and use that to dip it in. Uh, really good. As far as the st- if you want the stringy cheesy, then you're gonna want to get the uh, the diamonds the not diamonds medallions medallions. <laughs> you want to get the medallions. Those are the really stringy things. So enjoy that and uh, let us know if you make them moving on uh, some emails this week that we can share with you some uh, things pretty fun here let me get into it it's just into another area uh, of course your mom had to email and correct some things that we talked about <laughs> last week about you never having received a paddling and uh, Trista did get spankings But uh, she probably would not remember them because she was so young. Um, We were talking about that as well. Sometimes when you paddle your kids, it's usually done in their most formidable years. I don't know if we can say most formidable years, but the most impactful years. Yeah,
0: I don't think formidable is the right word for that.
1: No, But maybe most impactful where you're really giving them a compass, (laughs) a moral compass, setting some guidelines down of who is in charge do it. Do it while they're young. Makes it a lot easier, because uh, we haven't had to paddle our kids in a long time. Some children learn fast and are more compliant, meaning they don't need that type of correction in their memory for years. Um, this is this is still from your mom. And
0: uh, wow. Okay.
1: All right. Yeah. If you can hear that, the neighbor is having fun. And excellent, just excellent. Quality, quality. Uh, her siblings were more strong-willed. We'll just leave it at that. They were more strong-willed.
0: So, yes, If I don't know that we need to go into this. <laughs> we, we got in trouble a lot together. I mean, not a lot, but we would often get in trouble together. You know, so it was like,
1: and now we can group trouble, trouble group
0: punishment <laughs> type situations. But there was also the fact that my personality is um, people pleaser. Mm-hmm. So that's why I married you. So it was almost enough to know that I had disappointed my parents. Mm-hmm. That was like almost enough punishment for me most of the time. And I know that probably mm-hmm. sounds like, silly to most people but that's just how it was I was I don't know if I would say I was hard on myself or I was just it affected me so much that I had disappointed them that that was that was punishment to me
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I
0: didn't necessarily need further correction is my viewpoint of that
1: yeah but well I'm no shrink and there's no couch in this room so that sounds good to me
0: And so, obviously, maybe my parents recognize that about me. Probably. As you would recognize those things about your children and their personalities.
1: Yes. And you are a people pleaser. That's the truth. Um, Moving on out of Trista's life (laughs) of corporal punishment. Uh, We have a respondent on collections, which is going to be our topic today. So as we move into our topic, one person says that they collect tea sets as well, along with you.
0: Who is this person? You didn't tell me this. I didn't? No.
1: You need to get this email address on your phone, too.
0: You usually tell me.
1: Well, uh, this is from a young lady named Mackenzie. Oh. Collects tea sets. And also, as they travel, she collects dream catchers. Oh. Dream Never been a fan, Mackenzie. I've never been a fan. But I can see that they're a very uh, easily collectible thing. They are everywhere.
0: I know what her mom collects. Oh, yeah? We know what her mom collects.
1: Anything Walt Disney? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she does.
0: Lots and lots of Disney
1: collection. Yup. And let's see. Uh, <laughs> this, this respondent just says, coffee! Exclamation point. <laughs> And then talks about how she loves coffee. That's funny.
0: I, yeah, I can relate to coffee collection.
1: Man, we had a good coffee the other morning. I don't know that she's saying she collects coffee. Is that what you think she said?
0: Anything coffee.
1: Hold on a second. Let me see if she said she collects coffee. Coffee
0: themed things? Does this person just like the no, theme no. of coffee? Yeah, we
1: were just talking about coffee, and she's excited about it, and said oh. she'd love to have an espresso machine because we we mentioned-
0: weren't on collections anymore. Sorry, yeah, well, I this, didn't realize I'm we had changed topics. I'm just
1: following the emails.
0: Just- he <laughs> said coffee, and I was like, collections. Yes, coffee. <laughs> we <can>
1: collect coffee. <laughs> uh, so we had a good cup of coffee the other day. Every day. Every <laughs> day, a good cup of coffee. We went camping. Stepped out, went camping for the night. Had a cup of coffee in the morning. Used best, I think, the best quality coffee um, slash easy to make coffee over a fire is a French press.
0: Heat the water in our non-percolating percolator.
1: What is that called? A, 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 a container that you boil <laughs> water in. That's a that's a pitcher, but it's it's metal. And it's a metal pitcher for it's heating meant to water. Sit on a fire. What would that item be called? Uh, it technically comes with innards to be a percolator, but I don't, I don't, I'm not crazy about the quality and or the time right. it takes to make it, because you gotta get the water to boil and then it's gotta boil through the coffee yep. for a good long while. It just takes a while, so it's easier just to boil water on that thing, and then um, put your grounds in your French press and and do your do your yep. steep. Which I like mine steeped extra long. It's extra robust, a little extra bitter, but I like it. I like it. A little looks strong. And you can save coffee grounds, too, if you don't mind letting it steep longer. You can technically save coffee grounds, get more flavor sure. out of it that you want. That was fun. Did you have a good time? I did. Yeah. It was your birthday this past week. Yes. I don't have a birthday song for you, but we had a good time. We did. Um, out there. Um we, we didn't
0: see as many shooting stars or satellites.
1: Satel- I saw well, half a dozen satellites. Yep. I did not see a shooting star but several of you did and we started a new a new tradition, <laughs> a new family tradition.
0: Uh, you saw one. We saw one together.
1: Oh, that's right. We did or maybe I was just saying it because maybe. of our new family tradition. Here's our new family tradition. If you experience a shooting star together, <laughs> if you see if you see a shooting star, all the people who saw a shooting star it had a moment they experienced a moment together and so you owe one another a kiss and so
0: clayton wasn't a fan
1: clayton wasn't a fan but he gave me a kiss on the cheek and he gave you a kiss on the cheek and uh, the other kids were like
0: i saw it i saw it."
1: they're so excited to have seen it and then some of them would say nope you did not see it you go back sit down you
0: just want a kiss
1: and then there was one that me and you saw by ourselves that was a fun one <laughs> because we got the kiss
0: Okay, I, I'm not remembering that one. Oh, I was like, what is this one? Named? Well, the one we saw, right? I thought that's when Clayton saw it with us.
1: I don't know. Maybe. I guess it had to have been because <laughs> I only saw one. Anyways, we discovered something else about our phones. We have these phones and we discovered that there is a night mode for taking pictures on, on them. I didn't know. And what it is... Is it, it's basically a timer. You got to hold the camera really still. So if it's on a tripod or something, tripod, it, it's easier. But as you hold it still, you can t- take a three second picture, which kind of reminds me of the old vintage, like yeah. the the invention of the camera is, you know, they pull the cap off and it absorbs all the light.
0: Where you sit for like,
1: yeah, you got to sit very, very long. still And usually it was, I don't know how long, maybe five to ten seconds. Why they never smiled.
0: No, it was longer than that, I'm sure.
1: I don't know. It just has to, what it's doing is it's absorbing the light, okay? And then flashes came where you get all the light, all you need really fast, okay? Um, And so what the camera phone is doing now is it's going back to at nighttime, you take the picture and it counts down several seconds and you set the amount of time you want to count down based on how much light you want to let in and so we figured that out last or it wasn't last night but a couple nights ago we figured that out and it became an adventure of night photography we have you know what we should do trista Mm. we should put this thing up for sale this is amazing we have this amazing amazing picture that we took and what we'll do is we're getting it developed and if it comes out, if the development comes out of the dark room, I think I'm going to put this thing up for sale. Because it's, it's a piece of art. Do it's you want to
0: describe it to them, though? Can we tell sure. them what? Okay. So where we went camping, and this is the second time we've been to this particular place. There's this really cool, artistic, creative-looking tree. I don't know if creative's the right
1: describe word. Describe the tree. We don't know what kind of tree it is.
0: Well, it's a I would put it in like the smallish category. It's not overly large,
1: not climbable,
0: but it sits but on you can this hill. Stand under it. And the trunk comes up obviously, but then in the direction that the wind mostly blows, it's like all of the branches grew
1: as if they were being blown in
0: that direction
1: over the because of the years of wind.
0: And so it's just.
1: It's frozen. Like in
0: the daytime. In time. It's a really cool looking tree. It's It's just like all flowing sideways. Doesn't it look like
1: it's frozen in time? In the wind blowing it?
0: Yes. But then we noticed at night with the stars Mm -hmm. and like. Because it looks. The tree looks just like darkness.
1: A silhouette. Like a. Yeah. A silhouette.
0: And it just was really beautiful. So
1: we took picture of the sky the night sky so you have the stars coming into focus with the added light but then the tree in front of that uh scene because all there is is tree and stars no no other land masses that's all you see so you just get this silhouette of this blown tree Mm -hmm. across the the field of view and uh, it was super super amazing so we're getting those developed um we actually getting a set of pictures developed for decoration for our home um then there's also some added surprises to the picture that we did and so if these things turn out we might have to do a explicitly us fundraiser to raise money for new microphones or something Mm -hmm. um so anyways that was really cool had a good time you had a good time this was your birthday request to go camping yes did you sleep better this time
0: i slept a little better
1: The first time we slept in the back of our Bronco and we slept on metal flooring.
0: So we took it up like a notch (laughs) with the sleeping and we brought um, like cots and then we laid our yoga mats on top of them and then our really thin sleeping bags, like super thin sleeping bags on top of them. So that was our sleeping platform, which was a little better, still not great.
1: I, I was I was but much better. better. I was much better. Um, tossing and turning on that was the same as tossing and turning yeah. in bed for me. See,
0: the pro- I think it would have been great if I was a back sleeper, but I'm not a back sleeper.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, back so sleeper can do it a lot easier.
0: I have to sleep on my side, so then it was kind of like my hips were a little bit sore. My thing was from the turning. My
1: thing was I wanted my covers. I I need to th- rethink my covers. <laughs> Because I don't like my covers to be all tied up around me and stuff. And the way I went to bed last night, or not last night, I keep saying last night, the way I went to bed, they were very much tied up all around me. And that would wake me up in the middle of the night if I felt a, a chill. And then you couldn't get, you know, half asleep, you can't get your blankets figured out. And that's just so aggravating. So we, anyways, we, we, uh. So
0: we'll tweak that a little we'll tweak, for next yeah, time. Yeah, and... something
1: to work on. We did get a, a new tent, though. And yeah, the it tent was, was good. Yeah. Because we were obviously sleeping in the back of the Bronco because we didn't have a tent. The kids we, for Christmas we bought them tents and a little two person tents.
0: Barely two person yeah, tents. Yeah, two two children. Two little people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if it was a grown up, I would no. it would be a tent for myself. Um, we could share. Which is though. weird
0: because they look I think, bigger.
1: I think you and me could probably share one.
0: It's weird because they look like they would be plenty large enough for two people. But they the way more the way they're designed the the base, like yeah, the space not. where you sleep, is very small.
1: So the kids sleep in there, they double up, and then me and Trista win the Bronco. But we had to get, well, that was, again, Christmas gifts. Um, and we also bought the kids all sleeping bags. We wanted really to do thin sleeping really bags. Really thin. We wanted to do some more uh, some camping. Then, because of this, Trista wanted to go camping again, which blew my mind because of the rough, rough night sleeping in the Bronco. But she actually wanted to go camping. And we discussed how she's not a camper yada yada yada
0: which is only your opinion all
1: right but now she is so i'm okay
0: it's not that i wasn't
1: all right we'll disagree to agree you just
0: don't know me very well i just you just don't know me
1: i need to get to know you better (laughs) so because it was her birthday we decided to go ahead and get a tent for the occasion and have a good time with that so in researching tents i came across this tent that uh advertised that it get that you can set it up in 60 seconds and after watching some instructional videos, we ordered it and got it sent here. It was a very comparable price. Mm-hmm. Comparable, is that the yeah. same as comparable, but in?
0: Yeah, you can probably say it both ways, but.
1: Okay, it was a very comparable price to other tents in the same size, but this was a 60 second setup tent. And it really was. It really was. It's pretty amazing. Um, Kind of awkward. It stays
0: f- in one piece. Yeah,
1: it all stays together. Which is awesome. All the poles just fold up, and then we just unfold it and just lengthen the legs, and it pops right up. If you want to look it up, it's a Coleman. I'm going to say seven by eight. A Coleman seven by eight four person tent. Um, so that was pretty cool. Had a, it fit two cots in it with room Plenty in the space. center yeah. for a little uh, table we have. That's a little compact foldable table yeah we it was set up like a house in there it was quite nice and then we spent you know six hours sleeping in it
0: (laughs) and we were able to leave the windows completely yeah Yeah. so it was very breathable
1: very very nice very nice so anyways that was fun that was this past week we had a good time Trish's birthday is coming, and gone no more birthday for a whole nother year I do have a birthday gift still on the way Mm. um for her um I man I bought her I bought you uh De- it's not a mister, it's a...
0: Diffuser.
1: Diffuser. And the thing was broken. That's sad. So we got to send that back and get another one. But that was not really a gift. That was just something she wanted. I would have bought her at any time, but it just so happened it arrived on her birthday, so we saved it for her birthday. But her actual gift is on the way. Okay. And so, uh, moving on. We're talking about collections. That's what we really want to talk about. And we have a few minutes here. Not much time, actually, because we've been gabbing about nonsensical things but people have mentioned some of their collectibles some of their collections i've been trying to think this week on why we enjoy collecting things so much i don't know i just i enjoy it it's 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 something that you can you'll know you enjoy collecting something if if you enjoy looking at them you know just like studying them and and I don't know, enjoying to look at them because a lot of collectibles can't be used or seen. But part of my reason or method of choosing what I like to collect is I like to collect things that I can use. I like to collect usable things. My personal theory on collecting things, for instance... um, There's people who collect cars. Some people collect cars and they park them in their garage and they never drive them. That would drive me nuts. That would drive me absolutely crazy. I like the collector who has all these old expensive cars and they drive them. Now, that's that's enjoying what you enjoy to look at and partake in. So, you know, I like usable things. So, let's talk about your collection first. Okay. All right? Because you have a particular collection that is centered around... The time that I like, but you like the collection, yeah. The period in time. Go so,
0: ahead. at some point in my teenage years, I received um, a picture, a print of a painting, I guess you could say, and I think it was on canvas. Um, but it was a picture of this. The back of this little boy and this little girl sitting on a bench, staring at the sun.
1: And you know the picture, y'all? No, I'm, I'm asking. Like, I'm, asking yeah. the, I'm asking the. I'm asking listeners. Do you know this picture? And he has a. He has a. He has a slingshot sticking out the back of his pocket.
0: And I just loved it, and it was on my wall in my bedroom. In my older teen years, and from that, I realized. Who the painter was originally, and so through time, I looked up more of his things and just really liked the style. Um, It was just something that interested me, and I liked, and I wanted more.
1: (laughs) That's also a key that you collect things, is you wanted more.
0: It was like every picture, painting, whatever you want to call it, that I would see from this person... I just loved... It made me happy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's all... It just brought it. joy to me.
1: Yeah, you enjoyed it.
0: And I got to where I could pick out...
1: Across the room.
0: I would see and I would say, that's Norman Rockwell. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, at some point, um, it went from pictures to plates.
1: Anything reprinted with his artwork.
0: Yes, plates... And then it went to cups, um, some puzzles.
1: Co- some, clarify, coffee mugs coffee and mugs glass and glass cups. And, cups.
0: and he did a lot with. Um, no, I am going to forget what it's called. Saturday evening post, post. Mm-hmm. The um, magazine. And so there was a lot, a lot of his artwork um, put on things. And so I just started collecting, and sadly, most of it is in storage right now Mm -hmm. um too many plates probably even to display so many plates but i decided that i wanted to use some of the things i was collecting and so in my household i use some of the mugs and i use some of the glasses although most of them have been broken by the children did i
1: influence you to want to use them
0: Not necessarily. It was, I think it was one of those things when we were moving and I was sad that my collection was going into storage. That I was like, there's a few of these things that I could see and use on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I was like some mugs and some cups.
1: I think it's great that um, we use them. I don't mind. It's sad that they get broken, but that's part of life.
0: And they're replaceable because Mm -hmm. they're prints,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, and you can find them on eBay or at antique stores. I can find more. So Mm -hmm. it's not like they're being broken and lost forever. I can get more.
1: Yeah. But I like that we use them and they're nice to look at. And another thing I like about them is that they're seasonal. Like, yes, there's different ones for different seasons yes um the christmas ones are a lot of fun
0: mm-hmm. um, because there is like a christmas collection oh yeah he Rockwell. did a lot of christmas mm-hmm. stuff
1: he did a lot of wartime mm-hmm. portraits i love those um a lot of sports portraits um, mm-hmm. of children playing sports and even pro sports and things like that he, he was very whimsical a very uh a very comical painter but not um in a, in a whimsical way mm-hmm. you know everybody was a uh, string bean yes. kind of linky except for the adults the adults were always full figure but the kids were It was very real always, life mm-hmm. it was
0: very real life for that time period yes
1: yeah fun fun to look at and a very interesting character norman rockwell so i we, are, we have a book about him somewhere that i look through some of his biography very interesting character and Um, obviously passed on now but his some of his prints is worth are worth a lot of money
0: his original paintings his original
1: paintings but and even his reprints um, if you get them on canvas true uh, painted they can be worth money as well but not nearly as much speaking of paintings and things we enjoy uh bob ross Great, right? Great painter. Great fun to watch. I was watching a video the other day about him. Did you know that his entire collection, what we call his collection, every episode that he ever recorded, um, I want to say he made two copies of the painting. He made one before the show to see what he was going to paint and kind of get it, you know, in his head. And then he would do the actual painting. Both copies they are just stored all of his shows that he ever made all the copies are just stored in some building somewhere and there's people that work in the building in the office managing his collection and none of them are for sale wow have you ever seen answer this folks have you ever seen a bob ross painting painted by bob ross for sale you have not
0: Mm-mm.
1: because they're not for sale hmm They're not in any fancy curation. They're not uh, in any fancy framing. They're literally in boxes. I wonder why. Just packed up. And go look at, if you want to look up this uh, fact, you can probably find it on YouTube. Look up um, Bob Ross paintings storage or something to that effect. Or where are Bob Ross's paintings? And you'll find there's a couple, I think they're family members, who work in this office. And I think they may um, take them out to do um, benefit shows, like set them up or let people come in. I don't know. It's not really a place you walk through. It's it's not. But they could. They could make an entire gallery. Hmm. Like, okay, don't sell them.
0: Display them. But
1: you could make an entire art gallery, a Bob Ross art gallery in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee or something, <laughs> right? Can you imagine that in mean, Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge, is an art gallery of Bob yeah, Ross? I
0: can <laughs>
1: I mean, would you walk through it? Yeah. I think I would. I would pay money to walk through it. Um, and I don't know. Bob Ross was not a, from what we know and can tell, he wasn't a person who cared about money. He, he didn't. was he, a
0: TV artist. He was. A, know, he, he that's was, how but, we know him.
1: But... Interesting. Just, I mean, hmm. so much, so much money sitting there that could provide for generations of his family, you know, and they're OK with it. They're OK with having that memory, that legacy of the collection. And that kind of goes into collecting mindset, too. A lot of times it's not about money. It's just about things you enjoy collecting. And that family literally is sitting on their favorite collection hmm. and they have no desire to sell it. And we can only hope that that building doesn't burn down. But I'm sure it's insured for a lot of money. But even then... It's sad. It's
0: money because you've lost all the artwork.
1: Yep, And and it just would not mean as much. Speaking of artwork, one of the things that I like to collect is um, a particular game. We are a gaming family. We like playing games. I say that and you roll your eyes because you have recently not enjoyed games as much as we have in the past... But I try to pull you into games Every once in a while The kids are growing up They're starting to enjoy them More and more So if we find a game That mom enjoys We play it There's one game That she does not enjoy playing That I enjoy playing Very very much It's my favorite of all games It's actually a card game It's a very old card game Over hundred years old And it's called Rook R-O-O-K Rook Have you ever heard of this game? Your parents might have played it Depending on what state you're from And also depending on What state you're from They played it a different way which is fascinating. Of course, the version of Rook that I like to play is with the ones, Rook is Trump, um, runs are high, right? Uh, with the ones, they're high and the Rook is played as Trump. That's how I like to play. And what I didn't realize until maybe 10 years ago is, yes, I knew the game was old, but They've been making these cards for so long that there are so many different variations of the card backs. Um, well over a hundred variations of the card backs, and so I started collecting them. I started looking in antique stores, uh, saw some on eBay, and what I like about this collection is usually you could find them in a thrift store for five bucks. But you know, you're usually you can find them for the same price that you can buy a brand new deck of Rook cards. So, interesting fact about Rook Cards is they were initially made by Christians because it was taboo to play with playing cards. And so they would, they made Rook Cards to be able to play some different games you would play with playing cards. And they called them, Rook Cards was one of the names that they went by is missionary playing cards. Or missionary cards. So a little fun fact for you and so they have a lot and again back to the price they cost the same as a new deck well i like to use my collection so i don't remember the last time i used a modern deck of rook cards i like using the old ones i don't know i like the nostalgia of it i love it i have memories of my parents playing uh rook with their friends into the night you know, and I remember that the card backs that they were playing with, not understanding the game at all. Just sitting at the table and watching them play, and hear them talk. A lot of good memories. And uh, I love the game. It's my favorite game. I can play it all day. I enjoy it. I enjoy it when the competition's good. That's even better. Um, because of that, I've gotten um, the reputation that I'm not fun to play with, because I used to take the game very serious, <laughs> and now I don't play it very much. And so when I do play, I make sure that everyone knows that I don't care as much and I'm just here to have fun because I just want to play the game and it's not important that I win. Um, But uh, yeah, so that's one of my collections. Um, What else?
0: You like old games in general.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. I do. I like old games. like to
0: bring them back.
1: Mm -hmm. Try them.
0: Learn a new game that's an old game.
1: Yeah. I'm done with Monopoly, y'all. monopoly when it came out was a great game Um, part of the problem I have with monopoly is for the most part people don't play it correctly they don't play it correctly and you know what I mean out there you know what I mean you're about to die you're about to lose all your money it's your turn and you sell all of your belongings to your best friend or somebody who has been nice to you you sell all your belongings to somebody for a dollar And somebody else who was going to win was about to take all this. Well, all that does is prolong the game and it makes everybody mad. And so...
0: Makes you mad, for sure. Well, it's,
1: it's, yeah. It it should not be allowed. Fair market value. And I... So, um, some of the rules that you can implement to fix that is if you go to sell something, you have to put it up for auction. You know, that gives people a fighting chance. Um, So, anyways, there's several rules that have been misinterpreted or left out of the game. I'll just say that. So Monopoly is a thing of the past for me. <laughs> I do think it's fascinating that they have like a bazillion different versions of Monopoly.
0: Mm-hmm. Those could be collectibles
1: the, sure. Yeah, you could. In if, and of itself. Oh my goodness, if you collected Monopoly games, I, there are people out there that do. I'm sure. Um you would have closets <laughs> full of Monopoly games. Um man, old games are fun. I like I like old games that some of them are are very Studious. They're not so. They're not really whimsical. It's something that you can picture in the fifties when you'd have friends over for dinner. Uh, they show up in their sports coat, mm-hmm. right, and full length dress, right, with the uh, the multi multiple. What are those things that go into the dresses? The multiple layers of
0: the petticoats.
1: Yeah, they show up in their petticoats, and their their jackets and their tie. And you all sit around the table to play a game like this with your cups of coffee, and maybe maybe the guys take off their jackets, right? Uh, the ladies all sit prim and proper with their legs, you know, crossed under their chair. You can you can see it, you can picture it, and they're playing these particular games that are more thinking games and not as not so much charades. Uh, charades was probably born in the '60s and '70s <laughs> in the la- in the time of freedom. <laughs> Anyway, I like those old games. And there's several series of games that those come out. So, But I I love talking about collections. I love talking about what people are interested in, what they like to collect, why they like to collect it, uh, some things they find out. Some people collect purely for investment. Mm. A lot of coin collectors collect purely for investment. But I love looking through people's collections if if they collect Civil War memorabilia or just war memorabilia. Um, I don't collect... Um, war memorabilia but there are some things that i found through thrifting um that i just i had to have i thought it was so interesting one of the things was a lighter that was issued to servicemen back in world war one and i i bought it for six dollars at a thrift store is it a zippo no Ooh. no it's not but I have a very, very, very small collection of those as well. Um, I would buy them that didn't work, and I would fix them. Mm-hmm. It's fun to tinker with these things. So I bought this one lighter that the wheel, the flintlock wheel, it wouldn't turn. And so I took it home and fixed it. And now a lighter from World War One works, mm-hmm. and it's so cool. Let's talk about one more collection. Now this collection is recent, but yet it goes back many years. For me because I can remember as a kid getting these every once in a while I remember getting them as gifts one particular gift in my mind stands out and they would just go by the wayside and now I regret that because I think back on them and I think I wish I had all of those uh, for this particular collection and that is the watch the watch is a fascinating thing And recently, I have become fascinated with them. Um, I can't really tell you how it started, but I've been using, well, an Apple Watch for a very long time. And I like them. They're good. But I was thinking, man, I I just want a classic watch. I just want a simple watch to use. And I didn't buy a classic one but I needed a watch and we were in a store recently and I found, can you hear the ice cream truck? Yep. I found a watch made by Casio it's called a G shock. If you've never heard of these G shocks and it's a large line of Casio watches and it basically is going to withstand time. They go on forever. Well, I bought this thing and, and the technology in it is so amazing. All the things that it can do. Um, there's so many different settings, and I've really, really enjoyed it. This is a solar one. But then because of that, now everywhere I go, I look at watches.
0: This sounds like it's going to become an expensive hobby. Do you know how
1: much watches go for? Yes, I do. Watches, there are watches out there that go for millions of dollars. Ain't that fascinating?
0: Fascinating.
1: Is it worth it? My, no. Money. <laughs> money is... Whatever society deems it well, to be, and if you there's have no it, value.
0: If you have it to spend, then sure.
1: But sure. There's always the spending within your means rule. Mm-hmm. But, you know, value is just, it's, it's whatever you want it to be. You know, mm-hmm. people value different things. Um, but over the holidays, um, I, I was thinking about getting a dress watch. But I didn't want to spend a bunch of money. And I came across a store, a jewelry store that was closing. And so looking at the watches, I didn't see anything that I liked that I'd be willing to pay money for. And then later on that week, I was in the mall again. And I went back by the jewelry store just to recheck it because you never know. And lo and behold, they got a new shipment of stuff they were wanting to get rid of from a different store that was closing. Another one of their branch. And so they had new watches. And I looked at this watch. And the original price of the watch was somewhere in the range of $600. And that's a lot of money. That's too much money for me. And I was looking at it and said, you know, this percentage off and then this percentage off of that percentage and all these different, you know, combinations where you have to be a mathematician to figure (laughs) out what the discount would be. And so I asked to see the watch and there was there was two watches They're both made. Well, one of them was made by Tissot and the other one was made by somebody else. But um, Tissot was the brand that I really liked. Well, there's another watch that was similar to it, but a different brand and it was less expensive. So then I had to kind of look at that one, even though I like this one better. And the lady said, well, let me look at that Tissot and see how much it is. And she pulled it out and did the numbers and she said, I think this has been marked wrong. You know, it's one of those shopping stories that everybody loves when something's been tagged wrong. And she said, because it shows the price of, you know, what's underneath the original price. Original price, sale price. It gave me that price, but she says, I think it's been added up wrong, calculated wrong. Hmm. So she redid the calculations, and it took off in a significant amount Mm -hmm. of money. And it got it into the realm of my thinking, right? Um, I think I paid, do you remember how much I paid? I want to say 120. I don't
0: know.
1: It was a ridiculous low amount, and I looked everywhere. I looked on websites, and everything else was four hundred dollars more for the watch for this particular model. And so I'm looking at this. I'm like, "Man, this is such a beautiful watch. It's just, it's, it's a very nice dress watch." Uh, but then I have to make a decision to spend this money. And I'm like, "Well, the watch isn't working," and I'm I'm still very new at watches. I'm learning a lot about watches, and just the more I learn, the more I'm fascinated by. Them and so I'm looking at this watch I'm like, can you either, it's a quartz it's a quartz watch, which if it's a quartz watch it means it takes a battery so I'm like can you put a battery in it or turn it on or whatever you need to do how does this watch work and they couldn't get it to work, they couldn't put a battery in it, they didn't have any batteries at this particular store because it was closing I'm like, this is very cheap rinky dink place, you know, <laughs> I'm like, well I could buy this, but then there's no return policy. How do I know it's going to work? Yada, yada. So I walked down through the mall to another watch booth where they changed the watches, you know, in the kiosk. I said, hey, listen, there's a watch down here. This is the model. If I buy this, do you have a watch for it? I said, yeah, no problem. How much does it cost? He told me the price, and we walked back down. We didn't. I walked back down, and I tried to get them down more, and they wouldn't go for it, but that's just how I am. I think some part of me, and I'm not going to say it. But anyways, uh, I tried to get them down even more. And I ended up buying the watch. So, so happy with the watch. It was just a gorgeous watch. Um, White face. Kind of like a Jubilee bracelet, um, which is the small links. Took the watch down to the watch battery guy. He put the battery in it. It's just an awesome fluid movement in the watch. And then I talked to him for 15 minutes about watches, about different watches and things that I'm wanting to know and things I'm learning about. He asked me what I did. I told him about what we did and some of the things we've been involved in in our life. And um, by the end of the conversation, he was, through the conversation, he was taking discounts off here, telling the lady at the cash register, charge him this, don't charge him that. And by the time we were done, I said, Now, how much is it? He said, Man, I can't charge you for this. And so we had such a good conversation talking about watches and. And some of our life, and so he said, he said this is a gift. <laughs> and so, man, there's, there's deal after deal after deal for this watch. Anyway, so that those things have kind of started this collection of of watches that I've been enjoying. And uh, I had some other watches I pulled out and rediscovered their movement and the model of their movement, and just some of the very interesting things about them. Um, with that being said, there's many movements out there of watches there's an automatic movement right um there's the kind of movement that you wind uh, which is a manual wind movement i forget what that's called but man it's been so neat and then you look at the the watches and the people who own them and that's one of the things i'm enjoying about the watch is when you look at the history of the watch it goes back to the mid 1500s not the watch but the clock like the 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 um, the gears and the gear ratios and how they make it move for a 12-hour day goes back to the mid-1500s. That's fascinating, isn't it? So then you come up and you start looking at the history of, of men and women who wore watches, very important men and women who wore watches. What watch were they wearing when they did this, that, or the other? What watch was being worn when they went on top of Everest? Right. What watch was being worn in space? The Omega was being worn in space. What watch was being worn, you know, when they went to the depths of the, what is that trench?
0: Mariana.
1: The Mariana Trench and these kinds of things. Just is so, there's just a whole world of these men and women who wore these watches and what they did and why they did it. It's just fascinating.
0: I'm really not fascinated by it, but it's great that you are.
1: <laughs> but a lot of people would be listening listening about your your norman rockwell and they would think that's interesting it's just what interests you yeah. right and it's not it's not the monetary value of the watch I, i'm it's really not that as much as you might look at a rolex and be yeah that would be awesome to own a rolex rolex one day that's more of a status thing but i can definitely appreciate now some of the things that go into a Rolex. And it's not, everybody's not just using the same exact movement inside that watch, but it was designed a specific way. Um, very, very fascinating. I'm just, I'm blown away. The more I delve into the watch world and look, in, look at it, I'm just blown away by the the beauty behind it. I love it. So anyways, that's probably the latest thing I've been collecting. It's also small, it's tangible. And what's the other thing? usable something you can use
0: yes but someone like me is gonna say how many watches you can only wear one at a time well and
1: a- again this goes back into collecting Norman yeah. rockwell paints or, or plates
0: how many plates can you eat <laughs> off <laughs> they're of sitting or display? <laughs> they're
1: sitting in storage right now right <laughs> uh, so it's not about practicality we don't collect things for practicality and some people are minimalist and they don't like clutter and i don't i understand that's why i like small things i I, I like to be able to put it all in one place but i like to be able to use those things and enjoy them Mm -hmm. you know Uh, and that's what this gets so my what i have not done yet that i'm so looking forward to doing is i want to go to antique shops and look for really old really cheap watches I just, want to, I just want to get different kinds of movements and watches and displays and all that.
0: Do you have...
1: Because I think it would be
0: Do you have? <laughs> coughing over it. Do you have aspirations to create your own watch? To Wouldn't that be fascinating? Take watches apart? Rebuild? Repair? Yes,
1: yes, I do. I think it would be fascinating. And I happen to have a watch kit to change batteries and then I found out the other day that I have a in that watch kit that I bought just to change one battery because it was cheaper than getting it. Somebody else to do it. It cost less to buy the watch kit mm-hmm. than it costs to change the battery. So that's how I made that decision. Mm-hmm. And so I bought this thing and come to find out there's a lot of tools in there. As I was opening it a long time ago, I'm like what is this for? What is this for? And now the more I study watching, I'm like, Oh, that's what that's for. As we
0: watched it's that one video of the man taking apart the watch and cleaning it and repairing mm-hmm. it. It's like microscopic.
1: Yes. It's intricate like, yeah. pieces. He, and you have to use a might literally you have to use a microscope to be able to work on these things. They call it a loop. Um L-O-U-P-E loop, unless it's French. Loupe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's what they call it that they use, and it's I think it's a magnification about thirty or sixty times. And that's the only, only way you can work on these things and know what you're doing. And the screws are like needles. They're little tiny things. Your screwdriver is, you know, the point, very small. Um, It's just, again, I just keep going on about how fascinating it is, but it is fascinating. And come to find out, yeah, you can actually buy all the parts you need to make a watch. I Mm. think it would be awesome to make your own watch. And and Build it. Can Mm -hmm. you imagine taking all these little tiny gears and parts and building your own watch? You give it life. And and give it life. And there's there's this little part. I'm still learning all the names to these things. But there's this little part that is a spring. And this spring gets regulated by a couple different wheel chucks or gears and it basically gives the tick, tick sound in a watch. Have you ever thought about the tick, tick sound? The tick, tick sound is not the second hand moving. Mm-hmm. It's the the second hand does not make a tick. It's actually a spring. Uh, it's one of the gear cogs in a spring that's making the tick, tick sound. And so this particular, what was I going to say? Oh, this particular spring, it just sits dormant. And you put all these gears together, and then you barely move this spring to get it started. And then it's like this perpetual action where it springs in and springs out in a circular – it's a circular spring. It's a wound spring. Coiled. Mm Coiled, thank you. It's a coiled spring. And this coiled spring would unravel if you didn't have the correct gears in place doing the correct things. And that's what gives it that tick-tick. And when that starts doing that and it starts moving perpetually – Without any help. I mean, it's, it's got like a heartbeat. Yeah, it's like giving it a heartbeat. <laughs> it's got to be. I mean, it doesn't take batteries. These particular watches I'm talking about are are some of you would build. It doesn't take batteries. Mm-hmm. You're just putting springs and gears in it and it's going to do it on its own. Right. And it's going to last forever. Um, that's just fascinating to me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely would love to get into that. Um, if it's something that's not going to break the bank. But
0: is watchmaking a. You've done a little research. Mm-hmm. Is it a lucrative career?
1: It is. It is one of the another thing that's fascinating about it. And I love. We've talked about this before. I love anything vintage. I love old timey things, um, and it's called horology, the study of time and the study of watchmaking is called horology, and it is coming to be a forgotten art. You know, the the watchmaker, the shoe cobbler. Mm -hmm. When's the last time you saw a shoe cobbler? Mm -hmm. I don't think they're called a shoe cobbler. I think they're just called a cobbler. When's the last time you saw a cobbler? You go visit a cobbler and you say, I want my shoes resold. It's going to cost you a penny because it's getting to be an art, a lost art.
0: We have factories now.
1: And we have factories. We have all these. So Mass production. In some privately owned jewelry shops, there might be a watchmaker that works there. And if you have a watch that's broken, you might be able to send it into some of these very upscale uh, boutiques in your you know, neighborhood or something or in your city. And they might have somebody there that can take this watch apart and diagnose the problem and rebuild it. And it's going to cost you money. And so you're obviously you're going to repair watches that are worth money um, or maybe they're just sentimental mm-hmm. and you're, you're willing to pay that. But um, to be a horologist is is fascinating and, and it is lucrative. There are only, I think, four schools in the United States hmm. that offer classes in horology. Um, I think it's interesting. I think it's, you know, we, a lot of times, people go into mainstream jobs where they know where the money is. But to go into a job where, like a cobbler or a horologist... To go into these sectors where it's not very common. It's just, it's, it's an adventure, mm-hmm. you know. And it's something you're going to do that's going to be different. And I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away by it. And so, you can go to school for horology and you can also do, a I want to say, apprenticeship is the word I want to use.
0: I'm just wondering if we should, like, push one of our children in I this direction. I think so. I think we need a horologist <laughs> in our
1: family because... <laughs> you can, and the horologists also design their own watches. They can even collaborate with major watchmakers and get parts from them, and, and collaborate and, and create their own watches if they're good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's so cool. I like it. Pick up a watch. Um, if it's got uh, an open back, look at the movement. Look mm-hmm. at look at the back of the watch and see what it does. How many times does the second hand move in a second? How many times does a second hand move in a second? And everybody out there is probably thinking, well, once. That's a very, very basic movement if a second hand is only moving once per tick, right? But like, for instance, the watch that's sitting over here that I bought in the store moves six times per second, the the second hand, six times per second. And so it's more of a sweeping motion. And that all has to do with the movement and the gear ratio that they used and the different, uh, the different parts of it. So, man, there's so much into that. Um, we could talk about it forever. If you enjoy watches, email me and talk to me about it because my wife is Please tired. do. She does not want to talk <laughs> to me about it. My email son, him. <laughs> my son Clayton enjoys watches too and we're fascinated by them. We like wearing them. Um and so, if you enjoy watches, or if you have a if you have a watch, maybe a really old watch that you would like to talk about and discuss, and how you got it, I'd love to hear that. I'd love to just hear the story about it. And uh, I'm fascinated by it. So that's that's been um, my hobby as of now of things I like to read about, um, blogs, and I, let's do some podcasts here and there about watches and things like that. I'm reading a book right now, my fifth book. Currently reading is A Man and His Watch, and it's just different stories about these men and the watch they were wearing and things. This really cool guys, really cool. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to me ramble on, and Trista's been listening to me ramble on for a very, very long time about about this, and uh, I think I got her to the point where she's she's willing to try a watch and try to wear one. I
0: got one picked out.
1: You got one picked I out. Got one. That you're like, if I had to wear a watch, if this is to. the one. It's, all, it. it's also a sew, so that's going to take some saving up. But I'm going to save up for this thing, maybe, maybe for a Christmas gift or uh, another anniversary. We'll see. All right. Thank you for joining us on the Explicitly Us podcast.
0: If you haven't subscribed, please do. You'll be the first to listen to our show when it's released every Monday. See you next time on Explicitly Us.